0: THE FOLLOWING PROGRAM IS SPONSORED BY FRIENDS OF LIFE OUTREACH INTERNATIONAL. ROBERT MORRIS EXPLAINS HOW IMPORTANT IT IS TO LISTEN FOR GOD'S
1: DIRECTION IN MANAGING THE MONEY HE'S GIVEN US. HE SAID, GOD TOLD ME, BEFORE I CAME TO THE SERVICE TONIGHT, AND HE REACHED IN HIS POCKET AND HE PULLED OUT A CHECK THAT HE HAD WRITTEN BEFORE HE CAME, YOU HAVE TO REMEMBER, AND HE OPENED IT UP AND HELD IT OUT, (laughs) AND IT WAS EXACTLY TEN TIMES THE AMOUNT Of the check on this given one. Beyond blessed, next on Life Today. us on Life Today. I'm Betty, and this is James, and we have our pastor
2: with us. Yeah, and they're not only clapping, they're smiling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they look happy. And uh, our pastor, Robert Morris, is here. He's been here all week. He's got a new book, Beyond Blessed, The Blessed Life, all-time international bestseller. Started here, birthed, taught here, first time, that's where it all came and was written. And he told that story the last couple of days. You can go online, Life Today, and watch them. Uh, you... Okay,
1: before we get serious here, okay. this okay. week, I have one question. Somebody, A little bird told me that you had some night sweats after all this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you yeah. tried
2: to die and you had all the <laughs> medication, the
1: surgery Tell a little a bit, bit about it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. well I didn't try to die, I tried to live. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I'm glad you started that out, okay, I appreciate it. But I did, I, I, most people know because so many people prayed for us all around the world and I want to say Good thank day. you. Thank you so much. And. Uh, but had lost over 50% of my blood and had multiple blood transfusions and multiple surgeries even within the 24 hour period. And um, so I I was under anesthesia actually for eight hours. Mm. Eight hours in 24 hours, so it was just crazy. Um, But uh, when I got home from the hospital finally, after eight days, um, I had night sweats and literally Debbie was changing the sheets three nights three times every night. Well, think about that, about two o'clock, four o'clock, six o'clock. Did you get out of o'clock.
2: the bed so she could change it? I did get out of the
1: bed, I was very nice. I, I did not help any though, I, um, I couldn't hardly move and stomach sore and all, but but one night when she was just, it was late and it was her third time to change the sheets or whatever, she just, she I said, I, I just, I can't believe I'm having these night sweats. She said, I think they gave you blood from a menopausal woman. <laughs> So so I'd like to publicly apologize to all the women who've been through that for not praying for you enough. But I'm glad to be alive. Okay, now
2: you've been on an awesome journey, and God has given you life when you could have lost it. And you have shared that in the first two programs, and you really shared it with the church, and it's kind of gone all over the world on social media. You're alive, really. You believe because of prayer. I try to tell everybody uh, that believes in prayer that the great things we see happening are the answer to prayer of serious fervently praying people, yes. and you don't want to give credit to uh, powers or personalities or parties or individuals. You want to give glory to God because He can use anything to shape things in the right way and even move mountains in response to our prayers. Yeah. So let's just thank Him and keep praying. You were saved. You believed because people prayed for you. Now then, you have brought out a sequel, a follow-up to The Blessed Life, and you wanted to talk about some of the things that happened to you that blessed you as you blessed others, and then go into a little bit more understanding of the responsibility level and stewardship of what God has now entrusted. Really in the first place, he wanted us to be good stewards. Once we learn the blessing of giving, he does bless us. It's like as you give and he sees that flow, the more he releases the river of his life and his love through any channel that will release it yeah. to the benefit of others. And yeah. so you want people to understand that. But you wanted to share some things about the joy and excitement of what happened in your own journey.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we I talk about stewardship, but sometimes stewardship is a bad word uh, because maybe our context. In other words, a pastor will say, I'm going to preach my annual stewardship mm-hmm. message And it seems like that means he's going to talk about you giving to the church that year. Yeah, you're going to tie Yeah, Mm -hmm. but the word steward actually means one who manages the resources of another. And I want to say that again because it's very important. A steward is a person who manages the resources of another. So when I understand that all of the resources in my checking account, what I call my checking account, are actually not mine. They are God's. I believe that. And I'm to steward or manage His resources well. So even what I'm going to spend on a car or what I'm going to spend on a house or clothes or what I'm going to give, I've got to check with God first and say, how much do you want to spend? This is what we call a budget. A budget is not a bad word. It's simply a roadmap. Part of stewardship. That's exactly right. And it helps us to understand and it helps us to meet our goals. If you don't have a goal, you'll reach it, (laughs) which means you'll reach nothing. So you've got to have a goal to plan what you're going to do. And so I talk about that in this book. You know, in the blessed line, I talked about one of the first times that God spoke to us to give extravagantly. We were at a church. It was a small church, and we only had one meeting for the whole month. Now, at that time, I was a traveling evangelist. Similar to to the way you were when you started out just going doing church revivals and to have one meeting in one month wasn't, you know, much. And it was only um, a one Sunday night youth service with about 60 people in the church. So it was just a small church. And um, the pastor, I told him, I have no financial requirements for coming. God had led me to say that. And so the pastor got up and said he had never had an evangelist say that. And he said, let's give a good love offering. And so they did. So the pastor came to me after the service and he was so excited. You can tell when you're with givers, when they love to be a blessing to people. And he said, look at this. We've never given an offering this large before. And he showed me the check and it was the exact amount of our monthly budget. And that was the only meeting I had for the whole month. So I thought, well, Lord, you've provided. And I'm standing there looking at this check. I look over his shoulder, and there's an evangelist standing in the back of the room. You knew him. He got saved in one of your crusades, Alan Buchanan. Oh yeah. He was He's still on burned God. physically yep. and, and saved in one of your crusades. That's right. And he and so I looked over his shoulder and the, I heard this voice say, give him the love offering. And I remember exactly what I thought. Get behind me, Satan. You know, that's that's not God. That's not God. Because that was our budget for the month, and I had no other meeting. But I felt again that little voice, that nudge that we've all got, not an audible, that little impression that Christians get when the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Give him the offering. And so I endorsed the check, went up to him, folded in half, and said, God told me to give this to you don't tell anyone I did it and don't look at it until after you leave because it was one month's income for us, which was probably even a large income for him as a missionary. So when we left, there were uh, some couples in the parking lot and one of them said, hey, do you wanna go get some pizza? And we said, sure, you know, because, you know, we were broke. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, so we went and there were uh uh, five couples from the church, so there were six guys and six ladies, and we sat with the ladies on one end, the guys on the other, just to talk, you know. Debbie was all the way at one end, I was at one end, and the guy across the table from me leaned over, these four guys started talking about the game or something, and he leaned across the table to me, and he said, how much was the love offering? And so I told him. And then he said to me, where's the check? Mm-hmm. And I I I just kinda got a little flustered and I didn't wanna say, we gave it away. We gave it to a missionary, you know, and sound prideful or something. So I just heard myself say, Debbie has it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know what to say, you know. And so he said, go get it, I wanna see it. And so I said, okay, and so I went down and I knelt down beside Debbie and I whispered in her ear and I, I remember I said, how's your pizza, is it good? you have a good pizza Because okay. there was no check, nothing to say. So I came back and I said to, I, I know you're not supposed to lie and I wasn't trying to lie, I was just trying to be discreet about a giving. And so I said, um, it's in the car. And he said, it's not in the car. And so I said, where is it? <laughs> You know know so much, pal. You know, I was just, I was getting a little frustrated at this guy. I didn't know why he was grilling me about the love offer, you know. And so I said, well, you know, where is he? He said, you gave it away, didn't you? And so I actually thought he'd seen me, Mm. you know. And so I said, did you see me give it away? He said, no. He said, God told me. And this is the first person I met who had the gift of giving. This is a spiritual gift in the Bible, Romans 12. And that's a spiritual
2: gift gift Mm -hmm. of hearing too. I think sometimes hearing increases with the release and the giving. It's amazing how God communicates with people who like to do what's on his heart.
1: Yes, that's exactly right. He loves
2: to share his heart with people who want to hear his heart. You know you want him to hear your heart. He's always ready to hear your heart. He's anxious, but you know what really excites him? when you're anxious to hear his heart. Mm-hmm. See, that was what made Robert move. Mm-hmm. That was what's moving this guy. So you're watching something yeah. happen
1: that yeah. got your attention. That's right, and so um, he said, God told me before I came to the service tonight. And he reached in his pocket and he pulled out a check that he had written before he came, you have to remember. And he opened it up and held it out and <laughs> it was exactly 10 times the amount of the Isn't check I just given him. <laughs> 10 times, and he held the check out, I remember, and he was holding the top, and I reached, he said, here, and I reached out and took the bottom, but he wouldn't let it go. (laughs) (laughs) And and I realized he wanted to say something to me. I know now he wanted to impart something to me, and he said to me, God is about to teach you about giving Mm -hmm. so you can teach the body of Christ. Wow. Now, I had, this was years before you asked me sure, to come on I guess this yeah. program and teach, right. so it was God teaching me yeah. something. But think about that Do you ten You remember times, where you were, what community you ran. I was in Keller, actually in, in North Keller. Keller, in a small church, really? and this was way before this. <laughs> Do you remember 80s. who the man
2: was? Do you even know? said
1: his name was uh, Prophet. The pastor's name was something Prophet. Wow. And so that's all we could. We were trying to think the other day about that, um, but. Uh, Here's what I, I remember when I, when he let go of the check, I had this sense come over me, this is God's money. This is God's money. Now, here's why that's important, is because every check I think I've received since then, I feel like I have that. You know, I'm the steward, I'm the trustee of God's account, but he's the owner of it. And now, if you think 10 times one month's income, that's almost a year's income. But God began to tell me what to do with the money. And I began to steward it like it wasn't my money, but it was God's money. We bought uh, a single mother of car. And we had a $750 Ford station wagon with 130,000 miles on it that we actually anointed it with oil about about a quarter a week. And, um, so, so, but we bought a single mama car that needed a car. We had, there was a friend of ours that lost his job And we paid his salary for four months Mm. until he got another job. And what happened was God, I believe, looked down and said, I can trust this guy with more resources. Wow. And and so when you asked me to come on and teach on giving, I wrote the book thinking about giving and generosity. But then I got all these emails saying things like, uh, pastor, I'm giving, but I still have credit card debt. And I remember thinking, well, I didn't write a book on management of money. I wrote a book on giving. But I've started even then having a burden to, to write about financial principles, management, stewardship, uh, being contented, living below our means, having a budget, having a plan, things like that. And now here this is 16 years later, and the Lord's finally released me to write the sequel to The Blessed Life. This is the companion book. If you've read The Blessed Life, or even heard of it, or heard the principles, you need Beyond Blessed now, because this is the sequel to it.
2: You know what I believe, if, if people were here, and it was something we even alluded to and I made mention of earlier, if, if you, because this man really showed you several things about giving, but he showed you something else very important about hearing. Do you remember I told you in just our casual conversation with our just Debbie and you and me and Betty, that Betty and I started living this way when we were 19 years old and got yeah. married. Yeah. Betty and I never uh, uh, never borrowed. We never, uh, we just, we couldn't get it, couldn't pay for it. We didn't do it. We just never went in debt. We made a commitment to live way below our means. And the reason I'm bringing this up is we didn't learn this from the last life. We learned this because somehow we got excited when we heard God. Yeah. So you get really excited tell us about hearing God, yeah. what he told you to do. And yeah. then you learn more about hearing God. I think one of the things people are gonna get when they get beyond just the giving and the blessing of that and get into stewardship and they begin to move into responsibility. Because see, when Betty and I decided to be responsible for the very little we had, our combined income the first year we married, $6,000. Both of us working, me preaching her working. And that was combined income, <clears throat> okay? But we didn't go in debt. And it was, we lived, we just lived that way forever. We still live that way today yeah, with a far below income. You do, would you, know that. Would you agree I know that, that from the time you watched us, it appeared that somehow we could hear God? Yeah. You, you observed that? Yes. All right, here's what I think will happen in this oversight. Because, see, I watch you. To me, as people get this responsibility, they're going to find that this oversight that God is asking for, he gives us the wisdom to do it. He was telling you what to do. He was exposing you to people. And Robert, you live hearing God. You told your story, which if people didn't hear it early in the week, go online like today and and watch his story of of the battle when it looked like he was gonna die, and he thought he was. You're having fellowship with God through all of it. So is Debbie, and there's an amazing peace. And when we were having it, I mean, I I told you I couldn't make peace go away when it was so obvious you were leaving. Yeah. It just wouldn't go away. I believe if people will see responsibility and find out that when they assume that oversight, that stewardship that you're teaching beyond being blessed, and they see that, they're going to begin a fellowship of wisdom. I'm trying to pray that release of wisdom where people hear God and respond. And don't run around God said. They just respond to yes. God said. Yes. Do you believe that that yes. can go with yeah. what they get? Yeah. If I get do the believe insight. that.
1: And you brought up such a good, important point is that you and Betty just did that. You did that. Okay, but there are a lot of people that don't do it and have never been taught how to do it. I know. And I want you to think about this yep. now. In another area, you and I struggled with our thoughts. Yep. As men. Oh, no question. And we had to have help. Absolutely. Someone had to help us. Okay, so there are people watching who have always struggled in their it. finances yep. and they need help. Yep. They just need help to reprogram their mind, to rethink these principles too. There are a lot of financial teachings that are, um, they're not extreme, they're really good on stewardship, but when someone reads them, they're kind of like, I don't know if I could go that extreme, like cut up all my credit cards, not use a credit card to travel, like not borrow for a home, have a mortgage. Okay, I'm not saying anything wrong about those financial teachers, I'm not at all. I think I have kind of a middle of the road, kind of a baby steps to get your finances in order so that God can bless them. Yeah,
2: if you have God managing your credit cards, you don't have to cut them up. (laughs) Yeah. Because he doesn't use them foolishly. That's why I always say, when I say, if you get your bank card, use it like a check. That's how they're supposed to be. Yeah, that's right. And my daughter, our daughter is in college at Baylor before I knew you could charge a credit card debt to the next month and the next That's how long it was. I I don't think that way. You see what I'm saying? It's right. just, it's just That's like exactly we, we got it. Right. Okay, Robert's trying to help you. And I'm telling you, I pray you get the book. Robert, let me tell you what we're doing. We're asking all our viewers to help us drill water wells. And this is the only time ever that we've just said that, because this is a $4,800 deal to drill a well. $48 is pretty big gift, but that gives 10 people water. What we're doing, we normally, and we will have during this whole project, we'll be offering things to just bless people. But we're, we're simply giving this book. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying, get this. It's going to revolutionize your life. But here's what we're asking you to do. Would you give a cup of water? Would you give a well of water? I want you to listen to this mother and see if you don't want to be her miracle. Because you can be. I think if you'll hear God and be a wise steward and a joyful giver, you'll be her miracle and the miracle for others.
3: Venerande's family will never be the same. While all of her children constantly battle illness transmitted through their only water source, her youngest, a two year old, was simply too weak to fight any longer. Despite his tender age and tiny size, the void he leaves behind feels
4: immeasurable.
3: Like so many I in Burundi, There is no access to clean drinking water for this community. The closest safe source is too far away and very costly. So the village must rely solely on the Mpanda River, water they must share with livestock and also use for bathing and cleaning. Even medical help is largely ineffective because the only available water remains tainted. The danger is unrelenting and Venerande is helpless to stop it.
4: Venerande and
3: so many other mothers like her are praying for a miracle. It's the only hope they have for the future of their children and you can help make it possible.
2: I can hardly bear to look at a child getting water that's so filthy. I I don't even like to see animals get it. Um, It just breaks my heart and then to think the mother lost the child and so many mothers face the same thing. Betty you know, I think our viewers would have brought the perfect cure to our daughter. I don't, I don't think there's a viewer anywhere in the world that if they could have gotten this and say, hey, this, this will send Robin home from the hospital. You, Robin can go back to her children and she can have grandchildren someday. I, I think you would have done it. And, and here's the deal, everybody watching right now has access to the perfect cure.
1: That's right. We can save the lives of these precious children. We can keep a mother from having to bury her little baby because of lack of water. Simple solution. But that mother was praying, God, send me somebody that can help me help my children. I don't want to see another one die. God, please help my children. Let's help that mother so that she can... Let's spare the life of her children. Let's drill the water wells. We can make that difference. We are their hope. So let's reach out and help them.
2: And i mentioned my 75th birthday. I'm starting into that year. And that's another year. But it's because I have life. And I have the love of God in me. And I have people who love God. Who've prayed for us. And I have people, so many people who say, James, give us a chance to help someone else. Let me tell you what we're doing right now. We're going to start right now, raising the funds to drill water wells this year. And when you've got a perfect cure, like just a cup of water, you give just a cup of water in my name, you won't lose your reward. Now, can you imagine what God is thinking when he looks at you and says, I not only bless you, I want to bless through you. As I bless through you, you're going to be able to be a blessing as long as you live, because you're filled with life and love. And if you just give a cup of water. I said to Betty this week, honey, do you realize we've given wells of water, not only encourage people to, but we personally commit to give a well every time the missionaries say, we need your help. What does that mean? Well, I'll tell you what let's do. I wanna ask every one of you today to make a gift. The wells cost $4,800. I think that's going to increase. We've been told that right now they're stretching it to make that work. In other words, costs are going up, difficulty. But $4,800 still covers the cost of a well. That means, and it will give a 1,000 people water for the rest of their life. Think about that. That means $48 gives 10 people water. There's a level at which you can come in. Would you give life and an opportunity to 10 people? Would you to 30 with a gift of 144? Or could you make the gift of 4,800 and give a well? Here's what we're going to do. Just say thank you. Just a big thank you. We want to send you beyond blessed. Because I tell you what, if you grasp what Robert teaches, and even what you've heard, the miracle of his life and the ministry God's given him, you're going to begin to experience those miracles by living a blessed life and understanding that the greatest blessed life is blessing lives. Would you help us bless lives? Be an answer to mother's heart and prayer that you just heard and stop the death cycle. We can put a well right there. Get them away from that dirty water. Would you go online... Or would you dial that number, take your bank card, use it like a check. If you make a check, want to write a check, make it to life, that's what you're giving. But we're asking you to stop right now and do it. Would you please do it? Thank you so much.
0: Today, a mother living in extreme poverty will do the unthinkable. Give her children dirty, disease-filled water that she knows could kill them with no other choice. What's a mother to do? With your help, clean water is on the way. Mission Water for Life provides a new beginning for thousands of children and their families. A bright future with better health. With your gift today, you can help drill and establish 400 water wells this year. Your gift of $48 will help provide water for 10 people. $72 will provide for 15. $144 will help provide life-giving water for 30 people for a lifetime and a gift of $4,800 will help sponsor a complete well. With your gift of any amount today, we'll send you Beyond Blessed, God's Perfect Plan for No Financial Stress. In his new book, Pastor Robert Morris teaches biblical principles to help you reach your financial goals and start experiencing the abundant life without financial stress.
4: We had been in debt for 20 years. We started applying these principles that, that are in Beyond Blessed. We got out of debt in 15 months. We had to learn how to make room, how to let go, how to be content with what we already had Mm -hmm. to be able to give. Our lives have been transformed through the principles of handling our money and stewarding it the way God has has
1: directed us to do.
0: This is the last day to receive Robert Morris' book, Call, Write, or Make Your Gift Online.
2: This is, and I, I want to say a thank you for your help, This is the last day that we're going to be offering Robert's book as just a a thank you for giving a cup of water. And we're so happy to send it. Just want you to know you're going to be getting it in the bookstores or get it online. But wouldn't it be wonderful if you let us on this last day to offer the book here that you'd say, I'm going to give a cup of water, a well of water, or toward that well? Please do. Would you join the audience here saying thanks to God and thank you, Robert Morris, for being who you are, being a great pastor and shepherd? Inspiration for the whole church all over the world. God bless you. Thanks for sharing people like Robert. Thanks for loving people.
0: Next week, Taya Kyle, widow of American sniper Chris Kyle, shares compelling stories that reveal the true American spirit. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.